0: Welcome to the world of Duotone, everybody. I'm Joe Siastro and joining me today in the studio, I have the new member of the Duotone kiteboarding team, Liam Whaley. Liam, how's it going?
1: What's up, Joe? All good. Just uh, enjoying winter here in Tarifa.
0: Yeah, it's been a little bit cold. I've been seeing recently that it is absolutely nuking at the moment with the Levante down there.
1: Yeah, it's been uh, Levante nonstop for the last few weeks and we've been making the most out of it driving up and down, trying to find the best conditions. But yes, honestly, it's been a little bit rainy, a little bit cold, but um, I'm sure it's warmer than most places in Europe. So can't complain.
0: So Liam, obviously for people that have been living underneath a rock, tell me a little bit about yourself. Inside the kiteboarding world, everybody knows your name, but where does Liam Whaley come from?
1: Yeah, so I was born in Ibiza, an island off the coast of Spain. That's pretty famous for partying and, you know, kind of lifestyle islands. Um, my parents moved to Spain many years ago and and kind of met there. And that's where, that's where I was made. <laughs> and Inibisa um, is not really the biggest kiting scene, but my dad was always a uh, uh, water sports enthusiast, uh, windsurfing from the early ages, going to iconic places like Maui. And yeah, he was on the search for, windy place in europe and he came across tarifa and long story short uh alongside his two brothers they they created a a business bought a piece of land and and started a hotel in tarifa and yeah that's where he got involved with kite surfing as well in the early days and every summer holidays uh we would go to tarifa so he could uh take care of his business but yeah as i didn't have school i would start to see kites and I slowly got introduced to the sport, but um, as I was living in Ibiza, I didn't get to do it much. And as the years went by, I slowly did it more and more. And eventually we ended up moving here and that's kind of when everything took off for me.
0: Obviously, Tarifa is probably one of the meccas of our sport, both European and worldwide. Why do you think so many champions and so many influential riders have come out of this small south coast of Spain fishing town?
1: Yeah, I guess it just started having this this, this group of, of people from Spain coming to live here just to be able to to maximize their training as much as possible. Tarifa is not the place with the cleanest wind in the world, but it's definitely a place with very consistent wind, meaning we have wind throughout the whole year and you're able to ride throughout every single season. Even now it's like the middle of winter and I'm kiting almost every day. So I think that really attracted a lot of riders and, you know, the more level that there is in more in one spot, the more everyone pushes each other to progress and, that bubble was kind of formed with all of the riders such as Gisela Pulido and Alex Pastor. And then I was kind of the next generation that joined them. But all of the Spanish riders, Álvaro Nieva, César Portas, all of the, the old dogs were training here many years ago. And yeah, I think that kind of started something. So it's definitely the consistency of the wind and the different kinds of conditions that you get here really makes you a, a all-round rider. And as the tour used to be about... 10 to 12 stops, you really needed to be able to perform in different kinds of conditions. So here was the the perfect training ground for that.
0: Yeah, absolutely i think one of the really nice things about our hometown in tarifa as well is the family side you know i always remember you know you jerome nico manu the you know back in the days of the kite tech camps where you know there was always no matter the generation there was a solid group of friends enjoying themselves out on the water has that really been important for you throughout your career and i guess throughout your life inside the sport
1: Absolutely. I mean, I think we were very fortunate here in Spain to have like a, a solid group of grums that all wanted to push each other and were all pursuing a career in kiting and having parents that were a little bit behind us helping us to achieve our dreams. And eventually here in Tarifa, there was little like junior kite camps organized. And there we got the chance over the summer holidays to all get together all of us super ambitious with the dream to become kai surfing world champions and just push each other within a a short period of time every year and that really uh, pushed the level of us groms here in Spain and yeah I think that's why there's so many riders coming out of Spain Um, and it would be great to see that in, in countries all across the world yeah no I think that
0: tribal it has that tribal feel that also comes from the surfing side as well I think like you say it's super important Liam You've obviously, anybody who's known you, you've been at the pinnacle of the freestyle side, the maneuver side of kiteboarding since probably the last five to seven years. You've been world champion. You've always been up on the podiums. And one of the things that comes across when we see you kiting is the quality versus quantity you can do all the moves but it is the attention to detail that really does stand out with a rider like you but one of the questions that always comes up is how do you keep the motivation because to you know performing the same tricks but trying to improve them year after year contest after contest or tour after tour what keeps you motivated to keep pushing that envelope
1: yeah it's definitely hard I think motivation is one one of the hardest things that I've that I've gone through throughout my career it's really really hard to just stay on top of your game and stay sharp throughout the year that's why a lot of the times you see riders not doing so well at the start of the year and then suddenly at the end of the year they'll they'll gain momentum and do well four stocks in a row and and that's just cuz uh, it's it's really hard to to have consistent consistency with your motivation levels but for me um, something that really helps me Stay motivated is just constantly setting myself goals, you know, whether it's landing a trick the next session or looking forward to an upcoming competition and saying, I want to win that competition or I want to be better than this guy or I want to achieve that. And then, you know, over the long term, also when I'm feeling a bit down and not so motivated, I just have to kind of look at my life and reflect and be like, look, this is, you know, kite surfing and doing the tricks that I'm doing and doing well in competition. It's given me everything and it gives me the lifestyle that I have. If it wouldn't be for that, you know, I'd probably be studying in the university and just having a very normal life. But now at the age of 25, I've I've traveled the world. I've, I've seen so many things and I've lived so many experiences. And that's thanks to my dedication and, and performance within kiting. So, yeah, I just look at that and I'm like, all right, I got to stay on top of my game if I want to continue doing this for the years to come.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, you know, you can't complain about the lifestyle, but I think one of the things a lot of people, let's say, who aren't close into the industry, they don't realize is that all the traveling and that dedication, it does take a toll because some people would just think, ah, yeah, yeah, you, you know, traveling in the world, going to the cool places, riding in the in these perfect locations. But there is also a a big part of dedication and sacrifice that you have to do to be at the level that you are today
1: yeah absolutely i mean especially when we are doing like 10 stops a year could get really tiring. I was young at the time when the tour was more active and there were more stops. So it was uh, a bit less challenging. But after doing that for four years in a row, you definitely get burnt out. And you definitely almost, you almost feel like staying at home for more than two weeks because you're just like, you get home, you're there for three days and you literally don't unpack your bag and you're off again. And then you jet lag, sleepless nights, constantly feeling tired. But yeah, it's, it's part of the game and you just have to, uh, learn how to manage your energy better and and learn how to say no to certain things so that you can you can have a healthy lifestyle and and keep up with it. Ah,
0: definitely. And Liam, obviously any professional athlete injury is a part of the game. I don't think anybody, you know, in the end, if you're pushing the limits, sometimes the limits push back. I know you've had a couple of injuries throughout your career. How does that take its toll and how you've always been a very strong-minded, a strong mental rider how do you bounce back from a thing like that and let's say overcome the fear of having another injury
1: for me injuries i mean it's definitely a process um that you have to go through and it's it's very scary and it it messes with your emotions you know you can almost get depressed at times because you know being an athlete you're so used to being active all day every day and constantly moving around and and a certain intensity. And then when you get injured, all of that is is taken away from you. You're just, you feel, you know, useless and you can't move and you can't do what you're meant to do. So it's it's definitely very challenging. And I think in that moment you, there's only two ways to go. Is one is give up. And the second way is the way that I've always had uh, an approach to which is, you know, take it, take it to the next level, come back stronger than ever and use that injury to to reset reset your motivation and and come back with new goals and actually every time I've gotten injured it's been like a fresh start for me and I've I felt like I've come back stronger and you know you put so much training in off the water that you really get to to learn about your body again and yeah once you hit the water again I'm Fearless. I don't think about my injuries anymore. I feel actually stronger than than before. So, you know, it had it's definitely something that you don't want to go through. But you know, once you go through it, um, I wouldn't say it's something negative, unless it completely stops you from doing doing it. But um, for now, my body every year has been feeling better. So, hopefully, no more injuries. But um, yeah, they haven't been something that negative in my career so far
0: yeah i think it's important in the end sometimes like you say that reset it is one step back to take two step forwards and having that mindset is always gonna you know make you take a positive from a negative and move forward and we've definitely seen that throughout your career so liam one more time welcome to the duotone family finally you know the dream has come true tell us how the idea of you and duotone started to blossom
1: yeah man this is super exciting times for me I'm uh, I'm so stoked to be on this team I've I've always been surrounded by people that have been riding duotone a lot of my friends and I've seen like I've met a lot of the team managers and I've seen how the team works and it's it's always been something that's attracted me quite a lot because I've just seen how well the company works and how well the riders are treated and and how much uh, attention to detail is is put into the gear and yeah this i've been in discussion with duotone over the years like i've known the team managers and also jaime who's who's uh the distributor here in in spain so i've been very close to to everyone and you know every time things haven't been going my way with a different kite brand. They've always been a, a brand that I've been talking to, um, three years ago we were already talking to each other and it, it didn't end up working out cause they were just changing their name at the time. So, uh, yeah, I was talking to various different, uh, brands and ended up with F1, which was great. I had a great relationship and a great, um, a great career with f1 it was uh really really sad to go and difficult but um yeah this is the next ch- chapter and it's it's something that i'm super excited for we started talking uh halfway through last year and everything just made sense um, there's a lot of projects that we have uh, similar visions for I definitely wanna wanna push myself within duotone to to achieve them like great results uh, in freestyle in bigger. And then besides that, there's there's certain projects like a a kite center that we might be looking into doing here in Tarifa together. So a lot of exciting things to come. And yeah, I'm just I'm just exciting and I'm loving loving riding all of the all of the gear. Many cool projects to come.
0: Yeah, I know you've been trying out a lot of the gear over in Tarifa. So obviously you have the, the wakeboarding twin-tip freestyle side that in which you compete on, but also you are very into the big air scene. You came off of a huge win out there in cold Hawaii in those insane conditions, and you are one of the riders pushing it. I think over the last couple of years, Big Air has taken a huge leap both equipment-wise and also what you guys and girls are starting to throw down in the conditions you're at. What is the gear inside Duotone you're going to be using mostly for both of those disciplines?
1: So that's a really hard question. (laughs) The the range of gears is so massive in Duotone that, you know, I've only been riding the gear for a few weeks, so I haven't really had the chance to fully decide what I want to ride. I'll start with freestyle because it's the easiest Uh, choice to make Uh, definitely going to be riding the the Vegas and the team series SLS with the boot set up and, and the click bar I mean the freestyle kite is absolutely amazing and and the choice was very obvious for that I've been riding it a bunch and yeah, it's, it's great. And for Big Air has been the the challenging side because there's so many options and there's so many different opinions, you know. Mm. At, at the start, everybody was telling me to take the dice. I took the dice and I loved it. It has a really aggressive pull in, in the kite loop and super direct uh, bar feeling. And then there's also the uh, Evo and the, the Rebel. The next kite I, I tried was the Evo completely different feel, way lighter bar pressure, but just has an insane amount of of hang time and feels really nice in the loops as well. And then recently I've been trying the rebel which is completely different than super super hard bar pressure. you really feel where the kite is extreme hang time like very vertical pull up you go you pull the bar in and you just go straight up into the sky. So there's three very different kites that that all work great for bigger but I still haven't fully decided uh, which one I'm going to use. I probably think it's either going to be the Evo or the Rebel, just because that's kind of in which way the 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 competitive side of Big Air is going. They really want to you to get that height yes. and to do all of those technical tricks. And yeah, the Rebel, you just go massive with that kite. Um, it's maybe not so easy to unhook with it, which would be the challenging side for me. Of course. And the Evo you can do a bit of both but yeah I'm kind of deciding between both of those kites and for the board setup uh, definitely the Jaime SLS it's super lightweight feels super nice has a great pop really holds the edge in the strong wind so yeah I'm still kind of testing all of the gear as I said there's a massive range to to select from and I'm just gonna continue on continue testing for the next few weeks in different kinds of conditions and then hopefully kind of stick to one kite so I can get used to it.
0: It must be nice to have a big arsenal with all the all the weapons, all the nukes, all the machine guns in there to be able to throw down.
1: Absolutely. It's it's great because you can kind of select your weapon depending on what conditions there are and what competition format is running. So yeah, it's great. It gives you a kind of gives you an advantage over the rest
0: so Liam I I saw you say there before that you know where talking about big air where the competition format is going explain that a little bit to us because obviously big air the name says it all is about going high it's about you know the hang time the yank the pull but where do you see the big air scene going because you know day after day we see new riders young riders coming up going huge performing all these loops with the board offs where do you see it going? Because it does seem like it's starting to stabilize a bit, and if I may say so myself, it looks like it's coming into that quality versus quantity. It, you know, in the end, we don't want it to turn into a PlayStation game.
1: Yeah, the progression over the last couple of years has been insane, and it's also had a lot to do with the gear. You know, the gear has just become made it so much easier just to do go really, really high and do kite loops and and take your board and get inverted while you're up there and then just come down if you have the right kite control you can come down like a feather and this is really you know given given a pathway for everybody to land such technical tricks um i see it going in a similar directions for the for the next few years you know people are just going to keep on making it more and more technical and try to go bigger and bigger and and i think the development of the gear is going to play a big role in in who's who's going to be winning the comps. Um, but yeah, it's going to get to a point where uh, I think the judges are going to start to have, to have to look a lot more at the style, at the kite positioning. And I think they, they already do that to a certain extent. Uh, we don't want guys just like, you know, looping the kite three times and, and spinning, doing Absolutely. seven rotations with, without any control, looking out of control. You know, it's we have to make it for me kite surfing is an art and no matter how hard a trick is if it looks ugly then it's ugly you know and mm-hmm. i don't i don't care how hard it is then i don't want to do it so i think it's we should keep it as an art it has to look nice visually so much for someone who understands the trick as much as for someone who has no idea if they see us flying in the sky and spilling elegantly that's the way it it should look so yeah definitely we want to take style into account and make everything we we do look good. And if it's hard and it looks good, for sure it should get rewarded. But um yeah, difficulty and something that doesn't look nice, I I don't agree with.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I fully agree. I think you know, in the end, uh, you know, there's catchphrases like the spin to win. I think it's important that attention to detail because, like you just said, there, you know, for a person that if you understand or you don't understand the sport, in the end. You know, you guys are there to put on a show. It's that woe factor. If you can do something, no matter how simple or how hard it is, if you make it look good, you're get obviously gonna get the you know, the praise from the crowd.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's the way we want it to go.
0: So, Liam, we know you're going to be going fast out there on the water, but also out on the land, you've just joined Porsche. So, you've been, you know, one of their new riders, and these guys are coming into the sport. Tell me a little bit about that, because that is looking like a very nice venture.
1: Man, it's it's been a, it's really been a wild ride and, and a dream come true. Um, and it was a very long process. Like, I w- I've been in contact with Porsche for like... <laughs> around two years now. And yeah, they got in contact with me before the whole coronavirus pandemic started. And then Mm -hmm. when I heard the news that they were interested in sponsoring, I was over the moon. Like I I couldn't believe it. I was like, finally, you know, my time has come after putting all of this work in over a period of so many years. I'm finally getting a reward of uh, an amazing partner that can help me do things that I wouldn't be able to do without them. And then, yeah, everything was put on standby. Uh, the car production in China was, was all stopped due to the virus. And I was like, no, not again. Like, <laughs> luck, not on my side. And then, yeah, slowly things started getting better and they got in contact with me again. We did an amazing uh, photo shoot in Sardinia with the, the new Taikan Cross Turismo, like fully electric car. And this was just like a perfect match for my image as well. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we started working on a contract, and eventually, last summer I signed with them. We did a release video, and alongside Rita, Rita Nas as well. So really cool to have another teammate in that. And yeah, since then we've just been working on on really cool projects, and and slowly trying to to bring Porsche into um, into the kiting world in a in a very authentic way without it being commercial or pushy,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and now uh porsche have kind of come into a partnership with duotone as well and so have i so now it's like the the perfect triangle to excel and do epic projects together hopefully stuff that has never been seen in the kiting world and and hopefully porsche can bring their their input and insight into the sport as well and and
0: i think it's really important as well always to have outside industry partners because they can let's say they can see things from outside the box you know sometimes when everything is in industry it kind of gets into that niche and we know this is a very niche sport to be able to have a partner you know of the magnitude of what is porsche i think it's important because like you say you're going to be doing projects that probably we've never seen inside our sport
1: yeah definitely that outside perspective is is always great you know um us in, in our kite surfing world, we kind of live in a bubble and we are pushing things in a certain direction that everybody thinks is the right direction and, and people just follow. But then if you get someone from from outside, you know, they look at things with, with a whole different perspective. And sometimes they suggest an idea. You're like, nah, that's not going to work. <laughs> but sometimes, you know, they all suggest something. You're like, wow, why didn't we, we look at it this way? And yes. Yeah definitely that's the cool, coolest thing about Porsche that they're not coming into the sport and telling us how to do things. They're really coming in slowly, step-by-step step, asking for what's the right way of doing it and asking us, how can they help? Uh, what, what can they facilitate that will help us evolve this sport in, in, in many different ways. You know, it could be, uh, starting, a, an academy to help, to help younger riders. And it could be like, uh, what, uh, technological equipment can we can we facilitate you guys to to evolve your your kite equipment you know Mm. so it can be two very different things
0: yeah no i think that's really interesting and, and you know sky is the limit so liam let's go back into a little bit of your plans i know you know you've been world champion when it comes to the twin tip freestyling you are in pursuit of the Red booking King of the Air, Big Air title. You've been on the podium various times. You've always been so, so close. And, you know, I, I've known you from a very young age. There's definitely hunger for that event.
1: Yeah, definitely. This year was a bit of a setback for me because I really, really felt like this year was the one for me. I, mm. I trained very hard and intensely throughout the year. And I kind of... Left freestyle, which has always been my main discipline, on the side for a year just to be able to fully focus on one discipline because I thought that was necessary in order to win. And I was feeling extremely confident going into the event. Um, I got to the semifinals, and Yannick got kicked out, who was a super challenging, one of the most challenging contenders for me at the event, and I was like. All right, this year is mine. I got, I got this, and I went into that semi-final heat feeling extremely confident. And yeah, just no kickers went my way, and Mark absolutely killed it, and and he won the trophy. And I thought it, I really thought it was my year. But that's the thing about competition, you know, you have to, you have to keep on going, keep on trying, and and luck can play a, a big role. Um, you know, the King of the Air is, is one event a year. There's so many different things that come into play. That's why I would always love there to be a a bigger, bigger tour, you know, at least four or five events, because then uh, there would be a less luck factor involved. But it is what it is. That's why it makes it so prestigious. It's one event a year. Everybody waits for it. And yeah, I'm definitely going to continue to to try to win it, at least for a few more years. Hopefully luck goes my way soon and uh besides that yeah i'm kind of focusing on on bigger this year i thought to myself that i'm kind of gonna play it by ear and and maybe do the freestyle i still haven't put that option off the table Mm -hmm. um but i know that if i want to win i have to fully commit to it and i can't go halfway so uh i kind of see myself more focusing on bigger um There's a few events that I really want to do, which one of them obviously is the King of the Air. And there's the Mega Loop Challenge. There's the Cold Hawaii Games. And then there's the uh, GK World Championship stop here in Tarifa, which Mm -hmm. will crown the Big Air World Champion. Obviously that's super interesting for me to do. It's at my home spot. I could have the opportunity to win another world title. So I think those are the events that I'm going to focus on this year. If I feel like it, suddenly I might do a freestyle stop or two. Um, but I definitely want to bring out some really cool uh, freestyle video parts and and change up my style a bit. I've just been so focused on on doing the tricks that that score high for competition over the last few years that I haven't really had the chance to explore the freestyle discipline and and try new tricks, innovate, do things that haven't been done before. And mm-hmm. that's something that I definitely want to explore this year. Bring out some video parts in epic conditions and and you know, bring some, some fresh tricks to the to the table and, and get it, make it interesting again. So, yeah, those are my main focuses within the sport for this year. Yeah, I like
0: what I'm hearing. I like what I'm hearing. Also, tell me a little bit about the video side because I know you together with Seb Media, you guys have been doing a vlog probably throughout the last year and a half. Is that continuing? Because it's really interesting to see because I think it also is important to see the rider or the person behind that um, social image that we have of that person, I think it's really important that riders show to their fans and to people out there you know what happens behind the scenes yeah,
1: definitely like content creation has always been something that i 've been super keen on doing it 's been really challenging to to you know to manage my whole career you know. And basically, I do kitesurfers are so good at multitasking because they have to do everything themselves. There's like not that many people around them that that help them. And over the years, you know, within competing, traveling, and managing everything for myself, it's been really hard to create content as well. And then, uh, yeah, this last year, finally, uh, I managed to get a full-time um, videographer to follow me around, and that's that's something that Porsche have, have helped me with. And it, it's amazing. It's it's so nice to just be able to, to come up with the ideas and, and have someone that that uh, that develops your ideas and makes a, a product out of them. So, yeah, that's definitely something you guys can look forward to this year. Uh, we're aiming to do one vlog every two weeks. So we've been wow. waiting to announce that, yeah, it's going to be full-on 24 vlogs this year, hopefully, if we keep to schedule and um yeah we've been waiting for this duotone uh, partnership video to come out before we can start the world of whaley season three so as soon as as soon as the par- partnership video with duotone is released then uh, we're going to get on in, get on it and start creating some epic contents on the new kites so some exciting stuff to come
0: well there you go everybody there it is we are going to be having videos left right and center coming from this man Liam, one more time, congratulations and welcome to the Duotone family. It's great to have you here.
1: Thank you so much, Joe. Super excited for this year. Wow. Get yourself to the
0: beach, mate, because I know Levante is pushing, Baniario is waiting, and it looks like you've got some new moves to throw down.
1: Yeah, time to fly high.
0: (laughs) Cool. Take it easy, Liam. Thank you very much. Well, that was Liam Whaley, everybody, and this is Inside the World of Duotone.